Welcome to the Topic of Conversation with your host, Rob Scoggins, Jr. Welcome, everybody. I'm Rob Scoggins. I'm your host of the Topic Conversation every Wednesday night right here at the original Brooklyn's in downtown Denver, 100 yards away from where the Broncos play. And don't forget, uh, come down and visit with us every Wednesday night. Come down and see us and be part of the live audience. We'd love it. There is plenty of parking because it's free. And you're a block away from light rail. You're two blocks away from the bus station. And it's really, really easy to get to. It's the original Brooklyn's in downtown Denver, 100 yards away from where the Broncos play. I am your host, Rob Scoggins. Tonight is the Topic a conversation. That's the show we do. And of course, I cannot do this show without the, the my, my lovely company of, of merry men. Um, my director, producer, Matt Schiff, sitting over there uh, hanging out with a microphone, Mr. Mike. And of course, behind, and then behind me, he is uh, my acting executive producer. He's my chief uh, editor, and he's also a, an incredible uh, uh, technician as well, chief, te- chief technician. Mr. Will Hartman sits back there behind the glass, if we had glass, um, but he doesn't have to do that because we don't have any glass. But uh, I, work, I work every week with these guys, and they are incredibly loyal, incredibly talented, and they make the show sound so much better than it is. We also want to remind you that um, we are here every Wednesday, and uh, please come down and see us. Now, tonight's topic is business, e-business, online business. I bet you don't know much about it because I sure don't. It is huge. Um, And we got a a wonderful guy all the way from Philly. That's right, Pennsylvania, (laughs) the city of brotherly love. Uh, Pennsylvania, wonderful town. He is a wonderful guy. He, uh, his background is everything. I mean, he's, he's helped e-commerce. He's helped, uh, he knows how t- uh, internet business has grown and fulfilled life's dreams for people. He's seen a $0 company become a billion-dollar company. And he is here in Denver, Colorado this week for the uh, Denver, well, no, it's just called the, it's called the Business Expo. It's over at the uh, Univ- uh, Colorado Christian University this weekend. Uh, you can still sign up. Um, go to uh, Denver Business Expo, or ex- D- Business Expo, and sign up uh, for it right now. Uh, a great, great thing, and he is a great, great speaker. L- please welcome to the show, Mr. Jeff Cartwright. How are you? I'm doing incredible, brother. How are you, you doing? You just flew in, didn't you? I just flew in. I mean, boom. An hour and a half ago. You hadn't even seen the hotel yet. Uh, not yet. I'm no. Airb- Airbnb, by the way. Airb- Airbnb. It's Airbnb. wonderful. Love Airbnb. it. It's good, Love isn't it? it? It's incredible. Yeah. Is, is there a family place? there with you, or you got your own gig? Got my own gig. Nice. My own That's place. Nice, nice little one, place. One bedroom apartment. Totally mine, kitchen, living room, incredible. You can make toast and bacon. It's <laughs> Yes, right. I can. Right. Or steak dinner. Or steak dinner, sure. Right. Um, Just for me. Depending on what you want. Yeah. Boy, you've come up. You've had a, you've had a wonderful career and a wonderful life so far, and we, we look forward to hearing more about it. Um, what is the internet? I mean, where, where did it freaking come from? I mean, it just... <laughs> It seemed to come out of nowhere. Now, you and I are old enough to know what life without the internet was. Right, right. And it was just something that the, something that the military used and spies and spies. And Al Gore invented, right, <laughs> Al right. Al Gore invented. Right. Spies in Russia used, right. all that stuff. Where, you know, where did it come from? I think it came from, I know it came from, the need we have to communicate better. That's it. That's all it is. It's about communicating a tad better than we did before. Maybe a couple of tads better than we did before. And it's really, when, when you get into it, my 87-year-old uncle is on the internet every day. Wow. My mother, who's two years younger, never on day in her life. <laughs> so it's, we, know what, we know what your 80, 87-year-old uncle's looking at, too. Right. Well, no. He <laughs> oh, oh, you've been the news. He's for the articles. Right, yes, right, yes. of course. Yeah, but right. I think that it's, it's something that the, most of the public is now totally used to. Right. It's something that has become ubiquitous with all of us engaged in it. And again, it's about communications. 
That's what it is. Phones are no longer phones. We, we call them cell phones. I, I say it jokingly. When will the term you just computer, handheld computer, if that ever comes into play, because they're no longer, it's a computer with a phone in it. Right. And it barely is a phone. No, I, I know so many people don't even use it as a phone anymore because they well, it's message. A camera, they it's camera, a computer. It's a messenger. It's, a, right, it's, a, right, it does right. your, it's your whole life. Right. Um, when do you think that'll change? When that whole concept of it, you know being a cell phone, it really is just a computer. I think that the name may change, Robert. I don't think that the concept of having with you data processing capability is going to change. Okay. I think that that's the concept, being able to communicate right when you need to. Whether you're going to buy something, whether you're going to whether you're going to use it to communicate with someone else, whether you're going to make a phone call or take a photo, a selfie, <laughs> but whatever you want to do, you, the opportunity to do that now with you is here. Yeah. Do it right now. You have children, right? Yes, four. How, how old are they? They are 42, 40, 21, and 19. Okay. So you pretty much have the Y generation. Actually, you have a millennial the Y generation yes. and the X generation, yes. right there. You've yes. got, you got three generations right <laughs> yes. there. Yes, yes. Wonderful dichotomy to have in your life. Do you think your 42-year-old could go a day without his phone? No. Do you think your 19-year-old could go a day without their phone? No, no way. So is, an addi- is it an addiction? Because is, is I, I, don't, I don't need my phone every day. I don't even like having it on me right now. I don't want it on me because I want to give you my attention. I want to give my crew my attention. I want to give Brooklyn's my attention. I don't want it on me. I don't want to be so accessible. I think it's a matter of personal choice. I taught my children, all of them, to respect each other, respect people around them, to respect communicating, to respect also the idea that maybe there's some time where there is no phone. It's just face-to-face, be in the now, be here now. Mm-hmm. In fact, we had a thing, the youngest set, my, 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 two, my four children, the two younger ones, and we, de- we decided about three years ago that at Sunday dinner, we had no cell phones at dinner. Wow. Literally. Good for you. We, we literally put aside all cell phones, all the electronics, no music, just conversation. Now, the first time I did this, <laughs> both my teenagers were like, Dad, what are you, no way. But after the, the second or third Sunday, mm-hmm. it became incredible. Yeah. They would talk to us about their day, their week, what they're doing in school, the choir, the, the, what, you know, the, life. The, the band, life stuff. But they would communicate in a different way, and not in 40, 47 characters, but they would communicate face-to-face, eye-to-eye. And I think that that helped both of them to really understand the value. When they do get back to the phone, it's now more valuable. They use it now more differently than they did before. I think it also it just helps them understand the value of human interaction. We haven't lost that, I think. We have to decide. Because it's generational. It's generational. But I think we have to decide to guide the generation, to, like I guide my children. And now that they're both you know, 19 and 21, right. they're no longer guidable. <laughs> right. but, but they're now, because of the guidance I gave a few years ago, they're able now to take that to their kids and so forth. I think that that's the value of Adults like us guiding our children. My son, my son is 15 years old. He believes that there's still Facebook, time for him. Yeah, he believes that Facebook is for old people and girls. Wow. A lot of a lot of young boys in his in his grade. He's a sophomore. Ag- right. Agree. Right. He has he has asked me not to put his image on face on my Facebook page unless I ask him, and I respect that. Hey, I've taken a picture with you. I want to put right. it on there. Okay. Are we going to come to that point where I need to ask you, can I use your image on my Facebook page? 
We just we use each other's images all the time on there. We give, and we're going to talk about this in a few minutes, a little bit more deeper, but we have given our lives to Facebook. We have just said, okay, because of our egos, we have just said, yeah, you can do whatever you want with me. And people don't understand that's how Facebook is making money. They're making money off of us. Right. And we've just given our lives to them. Some of them are open, some of them are closed, some of them are because we're you know, personalities in the community or, right. Or, right. or someone like yourself right. who is a, is a public speaker. But I think what, you, what we give is luckily still voluntary. Yeah. You voluntarily decide to give to Facebook or whomever you give the information to. Sure. I think there's a... There's a need for us to have the privacy, obviously, but also to communicate, yeah. to be a, a, a communal society with each other. And that requires maybe knowing your, your birth date, yeah. maybe knowing you know, where you were born as far as city or town or whatever, sure. and the ability that I would have then to communicate with you in a higher level if I knew your birthday, send your birthday card, you know, that, that kind of interaction. I think that, again, the, the choice we make to, to, that's voluntary I don't mind Facebook or you know having all the information they have about Jeff. I Byron. have nothing. I have nothing I need to hide. Right, exactly. So I don't mind, but other people might mind, so they decide to give less, and that's okay. I think that the permission thing you mentioned, I agree that my daughter, <laughs> and she'll hate me for this, but she requires for any picture I ever post of her, Dad, I have to see it first. Yeah, sure. And I thought, well, wait a minute. It's her, I'm, it's I'm her image. Dad. It's her image. But I'm your dad. I can do whatever I... No, I, I made can't. you. Exactly. But, <laughs> but no, no, not anymore. Yeah. So, but I respect her wanting to see it first to kind of, you know, edit my, whatever I might, I might post. Well, over the years, now it's like it's three years in, I can now do it without her seeing it because she, she now trusts my judgment. That's a good thing to say. Facebook as we know it is now... Almost 10 years old. Right. It is all over the world. I have told people, humans here in the, in the United States, did you know Facebook is all over the world? People in Egypt, Iran, people right. in South America, right. people in North America, right. people all over the world can see your image if you don't have it blocked. Right. By just, you know, okay. But then they go buy a car and they ask the dealership to please take off that, take the, off your dealership, dealership name, name because right. you're not paying me for that advertising. I'm like, are you a moron? Right. I mean, Facebook's giving you nothing. Um, let's get into Google real quick. Do you remember life without Google? Absolutely. Yeah. I was, I was <laughs> happily, well, not, I mean, yes, I remember life without happily. Google. I mean, it, it, happily eating your Philly cheese it's, it's ubiquitous today. Obviously, Google's everywhere. And yeah. it, it's an adjective of an adverb. With it. I remember distinctly the phone connected to the wall. Mm -hmm. I remember distinctly using. Which is now Map, called an old people phone. Using MapQuest to, to uh -huh. get to my destination, sure. printed out on the, the driver's you know, passenger yeah. seat. I remember distinctly not having the ability to touch my phone and get upon the request of my voice with Siri and Google. Um, but yeah, I think that what Google does, though, as I mentioned earlier, our ability to communicate, our ability to get closer, we're now global world. There's no, no longer, you know, there's not a wall per se, but we're, we're global. So because of that, Google allows us with ease to get closer and to understand each other better than we did 10, 15 years ago. That's a good thing. Do it need to be controlled? Maybe, but I don't, I think it's better not controlled. It's better more that we allow the enterprise itself, the, the marketplace to control or not control it, I think. What's your, what's your history with Google? My history with Google, as far as you mean business-wise, mm -hmm. or 
I've been advising companies with Google to buy Google to, to understand the value, what it brings as far as marketing their business for the last 15, 16 years. Google started in 1998. Right. It probably became, and you correct me if I'm wrong, it probably became mainstream 2000, 2001, Even right, earlier. Right, right after 9-11 well, or pre-9-11? Yes. Pre-9-11? Pre-9-11. Okay. In your mind, what, what gave Google the launch? I mean, what, how did, they didn't market themselves. People just knew about it. They're like, oh, did you Google it? Did you Google it? It's now an, it's now an adjective now. It, go Google it. Are, are you? I'm Google. I told you. I told a, a lady once. Yeah. I'm Googleable. Right. It sounds perverted, but it's true. Um, <laughs> you're Googleable too. Right. I, I, Is that I think, even a word? I, th- I think the, what gave it the launch, and what gave it the ubiquitous that it enjoys today, I think, is really a matter of the ease of use, the ease of entry, the ease of not even thinking about using it, and all of a sudden you're in it, and also it, it doesn't cost anything. I mean, initially, it doesn't cost anything. No. And what it brings you is so much more than what you give. So I think that kind of formula will ensure ubiquitous in, in ubiquity environment, I think. I think also that Google offers an idea for any company to really become the, the main street company they want to become in their entire life by simply using it properly to get market share. And Google allows you to do that. They, you, you can hire a consultant like myself to do that, or you can do it on your own which is, again, one of the Google traits that they offer an opportunity to do it on your own or hire a consultant like me, help you do it. Either way, it's, it's a very seamless and easy-to-use process once you learn how to use it. The name I use is the name I've given in life, Rob Scoggins Jr. My full name is a lot bigger, but Rob Scoggins Jr. If you Google Rob Scoggins Jr., I get a whole page. Right. I get a whole page of Google. Right. I'm not paying them for that. No. How is that? I mean, how is that I get a whole page of everything I've done um, where other people have to pay money to be at the top of the page? Well, you're asking why that is? Yeah, because or? I can I can Google myself, or anybody can Google me, right. and I get a whole, you know, the first the first page, you can Rob right. Scoggins, boom, it's all me. Right. I mean, nobody, no other Rob Scoggins in this country, it's all me. When a business needs to get Google's attention. Right. They have to pay a little money to be top page or they have to, you know, get, you know, you have to be Googled so many times to be first page or tell us a little about that. Well, it depends on what you want to do with the business. It depends on your plan, your business plan. First, you need a plan. And the plan might say that I want this much concentration in the market, this much market share, this much of lookups I want. The plan has to be first, really, I think, detailed. Then you have to decide, how can I get that lookup? How can I get that much of volume that I'm going to get from my company, from my business? How, many, how can I do that? And the, the way that Google allows you is that they will walk you through words you can use, they call them keywords, that you can use that people search for. And if they go in and search for Rob, then they're going to guide you through how best can I get all the Robs that I need. They'll probably get Rob Lowe first. Yes. Or Rob Schneider. <laughs> More than likely. Or, you know. But once they put in Rob, then they can even find, or, you know, is there a Rob in Colorado mm. that I want to use? Yeah. Is there a Rob in Denver? Yeah. That I, so they get more specific. Sure. I think that the idea of, and trying to keep it as much as I can, so the layperson understands that what happens here is that Google offers an opportunity to pay, you can pay, mm-hmm. for more prominence okay. or for, for more lookups. Because there's a lot of plumbers in Denver. Yes. There's a lot of, you know... But each plumber brings a different 
imprint to what he wants to do in the marketplace. Sure. So you, you, you can spend a little money and have great impact depending on the imprint you want to place and also how the ad looks and how it appeals to the consumer. Google is driven by consumer usage. No question. So if the consumer uses it less, they may charge you more. If they lose it more, they charge you less. So it's, it's, it's an algorithm that they have. They call it the, 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 the secret sauce. The <laughs> algorithm, <laughs> but, but the algorithm helps Google to understand the consumer's pattern okay. and then they tie that pattern, the consumer usage, to what the business owner needs in order to get the person to come in their front door or now, to call their services to call them. Now, I usually save this for the second part of the show, but it's, 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 a, it's a question that, a, that a, a, a listener slash person on Facebook asked me to ask you um, where we get the um, people who can't be here tonight or people who are okay. just all over the country okay. who want to who ask this. Their, 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 their question to you is, They've seen Google. They understand Google. They get right, it. Right. Everybody understands Google. They right. use it all, all the time. Right. What frightens them, and this person happens to be in their 70s, who's a little bit more conservative, and she said, by the way, I'll Google something, like I'm Googling Volvo, and then on my Facebook page, then on my Amazon page, then on my YouTube page, it's giving me an advertisement for Volvo. Right. How the hell does Google know that? And how the hell can they generate that on one human being out of billions of people who use Google a day? Well, it's called a cookie. A what? A cookie. Can you eat it? Yeah. <laughs> Is it chocolate chip? Because I did. I like that. No. No. But okay. it's, I guess it could be, no. It's, <laughs> it's an opportunity that once you look for Volvo, let's say, and the next day you're on your, your Gmail or, you, or you're on uh, another site, that site, they will insert the Volvo ad on that site for you, for your benefit. Okay. It's not to disturb what you're reading at the moment, but it's for your benefit. Again, they're consumer-driven. They know you want to buy a Volvo. Or you may want to buy a Volvo. You may want to yeah. buy a Volvo, but you look up, you, look, you research Volvo. Sure. And you, you go on the page for maybe a minute or two. That's on the what page. she did. That's what she said okay. she did, yeah. Okay, so that meant that the page meant something to you. So that page scored high with Google. And the time on the page you were on, that scored high for you wanting to get a Volvo. So that when you go to another page, totally unrelated to Volvo or cars, the Volvo ad might pop up or will pop up. Yeah. That's the consumer orientation in order to, to track you until you buy the Volvo. But they're all tied in together. Yes. So Amazon, YouTube, Facebook, they're all tied into to the wonderful world of Google. Is that correct? Well, not just Google, but also Yahoo. Everything, yes. everybody. Yes. I mean, the whole... Yes. The whole Internet superhighway, yes. <laughs> being all the internet superhighway are all tied in together as they should be. Okay, yes. Explain that. Why? Why? Why should they be? Why? How dare they? Is what well, she said. Basically, she's saying, <laughs> "Ask Jeff Cartwright. How dare they? <laughs> you know, <laughs> throw this in my face. I want to buy it when I want to buy it." I think that if you look back at Google and the origin and and why they exist, mm -hmm. first their mission is to document the world. Their total mission is to put the entire world biography on digital. That's their mission. And the mission is driven by consumer usage and consumer finicky habits and consumer ways and persuasions. Because of that, Google has led the way for Bing and Yahoo, I think, to kind of follow suit, but making it all universal. Okay. So you have a remote control back in the day, and you could buy one remote control for any TV. 
Okay. Right? Yep. So why was that? Because you, know, you could have bought 10 for the different kinds of TVs. Sony, Zenith, whatever. Remember Zenith? By yeah, the way? oh, absolutely. Okay. I remember Westinghouse. Oh, my God. That's before. <laughs> okay. But that one control controlled several different make and model TV. Yeah. Okay. Well, the same thing applies here. Okay. So Fair the, enough. The, that's, that's a good example. Okay. Yeah. So standardization process is something good, again, for the consumer. And the business owner gains by understanding that algorithm and making best use of his, his or her business. Is it overkill, though? Is it too much? Is it, is, it, is it too much for the consumer to take? Because you go to downtown Manhattan, you go to downtown Philly, it's a giant advertisement everywhere you go. Aren't we overwhelmed already? But that was long before Google. I of think course. That, you know, I don't think it's, see, I'm, I'm in a business, so I, I think it's fine. No, of course. <laughs> I'm, I'm, that's what I'm asking. I, I, I think that, again, the selection, the voluntary, you can turn your phone off. You can. Like my Sunday dinner is not now your nineteen-year-old. Well, I know. Well, <laughs> a Sunday she doesn't. All right. So the, the the Sunday dinner that we had instituted three years ago, which every family in America should do. Well, I highly recommend it. Yeah. We every Sunday, you know, it's it's a great time in my house for dinner. I mean, I cook. I, I cook all the meals, by the way. Mm-hmm. So it's a great time for dinner. Wonderful. In my house. And it's an environment where the choice we make. I made a choice three, four years ago. No phones on Sunday. And that choice has now permeated my entire family. And hopefully will go generations. Exactly. Okay. So I think it's about choices we make. Google's there for us to benefit, but it's a choice we make. Did the world change when YouTube started 10 years ago? Did the world change? I think absolutely. I think absolutely. I think that we were always visual. I think now we're more visual and we're more attuned to visual stimuli. TV, obviously. But now video stimuli is just taken away, I think, the whole idea of, you know, the word or, or, or the written, not taken away per se, but visual is, is what's driving most decisions today. And that's the evolution of YouTube. And that's why Google bought them to yes. control that little world. Yes. And then Google, and you told me, um, you know, before the show started that I had to, I got a Gmail account because when I was trying to get a YouTube account right. to watch right. videos, right. they said, you need a Gmail account. I said, okay. You said that's optional. Right. They, didn't, it they didn't seem optional to me. Well, it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're also persuasive. Which is fine. I don't mind doing it. I don't mind right. having a, I don't use it. I use, right. I use Yahoo. But I don't mind using it. I don't, have, I don't mind having another account. They're also persuasive. Yeah. It's, it's not a bad thing. Probably. No, not at all. I'm not intimidated by, by any of it. I know people are. People, some people are still scared of the internet. Some people still don't know how it uses. They don't right. know what the, what the environment is. There's still companies that don't really know what the environment of the internet is and how safe it is. We hear all this crazy stuff because the news and media always tell us the bad things, not always the good things. Tell us some positive things you know, about your experience with Google. You've been, you've been with them since, they, you know, you've been working, coincide with them for, since their infancy. Tell us you know, how it got started, how it, you know, two guys from Stanford said, let's, let's create a, encyclopedia on the web? I think it's what's positive, and to answer your question, the, I've noted in Philadelphia, in Atlanta, Georgia, in Chicago, in LA, in Denver, in Oklahoma City, um, those places I visited in the last five, ten years, I've noticed that I have companies that I've helped, and I've noticed companies grow their business. I watched them grow their business by virtue of digital, by virtue of using Google, Yahoo being, by virtue of their ability to find a way to make it work for them, particularly in their business. 
it seemed complicated when they first got in. Sure. But once they and get scary, it's very scary, very risky. Yeah. But they also know that the, the road to their true vision of their company, that road to the vision, has to go through a place called Google. Yeah. Because that's the way that business uses it. Yeah. I think that so the origin began because of that, thing, again, that consumer need. I think also that I've I've experienced businesses that have grown because of the influx of information they get from and the leads they get from and the customers they get from the internet. It also has, you know, a, a way to feed back to the, to the owner through the, the, the comments people make on the internet, good and bad comments. But now the owner has literally a daily, a daily reading he can do or she can do of all the responses they got or comments they got. He can then respond to those comments to make changes in what people think, and that word spreads. So I think that I've noticed in my career, the last, just the last 10 or 12 years, that because of the internet, business owners are more likely to succeed, and they are more likely to make, grow their business and to realize their true vision. And I think that that's what drives most business owners about that true vision. It's, it's, I mean, they have multitude of issues they're dealing with every day. People leave, people come, the retention, they have the the, the loss of revenue, something they deal with every day. But I think that one thing that they really, really want is they want to realize that vision, why they started the business in the first place. They had a vision when they started their business. Mm -hmm. And the internet has allowed them to expand that vision cascading down to every level of, of their company, as well as every level of the customer base. The internet has allowed them to reach people they didn't reach before. It has allowed them to become global, first as just a local, national, a local company. It's allowed them to go national and globally. And used properly, it's a very, very good tool to grow the business and realize the guy's vision, the owner's vision. You went to Penn State. Yes. Nittany Lion. Nittany Lions. We are. What? Go ahead. That's it. You say oh, we, we are. are. And then, uh, no, no. Oh, we are Penn State. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm confused. You, you say we are, uh-huh. and then you leave it blank, and any Penn State graduate knows what to fill it in with. <laughs> you know, they are still one of the only universities that has a female mascot. What are you talking about, female mascot? We have the N- Nittany is a, is a female lion. lion. It's a female well, lion. I, okay. That's yes. pretty cool. Yes, that's you know, true. Not, nobody else does that. That's, that's awesome. Um, but, and I love that. They, I love that about your school. They, when you were in school, and w- what did you do between now and, like, right when you graduated to getting in with, you know, helping Google out? Well, I spent the first three years after, after college, I was U.S. Army. Oh, there you go. Thanks for your service. Officer and a gentleman, thank you. There you go. <laughs> spent time in Europe. Learned how to ski in Europe, in fact. Great wow. skiing in Austria. Um, and I, I really learned the whole idea of what it meant to serve and to be, you know, patriotic as I am still today. And I really enjoyed the service, per se, the part of the Army. I was an ROTC prior to that, the drill team in ROTC, and just really get good stuff. After the Army, the Armed Forces, I retired from the Army, and they got, I got into pharmaceutical sales. Okay. Pfizer. Sure. Uh, Were you there during well, the Viagra days? Uh, right before Viagra. Oh, well. Well, you would have made another $100,000. Right. <laughs> I still have stock in Pfizer, by the way. Okay. It's, it's a great, great Very company. Good. But I learned in Pfizer, beyond selling for them, I also learned the, the value of customer relationships, getting to know the customer beyond just the initial sale, getting to know what he or she really wants to do in their business. I kind of nurtured that. This is 30 years ago in, in, in Pfizer. 
Pfizer to another company in medical hardware, and that company to another company in advertising. Spent 20 years or so in advertising, 30 years in advertising sales. Do you like advertising? I love advertising. Were you a madman? Obviously, you're too young to be a real madman. Yes, I, 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 I watched the series, of, yes. But that yes. type of world. Absolutely. Loved it. I totally love the idea of creating something from nothing and changing opinions based on what people see. Did you love the pitch? You, did you love the pitch? I love pitch the people? pitch. Yeah, I, I do too. it every day. I'm doing yeah. it right now with you. Yeah, I love it. I love it too. <laughs> I love advertising. What were some of the fun things you pitched back then? Do you remember some oh of the fun God. companies? My very first pitch was to an insurance company yeah. in Philadelphia. He bought a very small little ad from us. But I recall you know, watching him decide to buy from me and when I said to him, worked, I'm like, oh my God, it works. Yeah, <laughs> it works. You're good. They bought it. Well, that was the first time. But, yeah. but after that, it, it taught me two valuable lessons about selling persuasion. And it's really, I said again, it's really communication, really understanding too to listen. Sales is all about listening. As, as you mentioned earlier, it's, it's Charlie Rose's example. Sales is about listening. No if question. you're not listening, you're not selling. And I totally got used to years ago that my success was how well did I listen? Really listen to the business owner's concerns, his or her thoughts, his or her desire, his or her challenges. How was I listening to them? And if I was listening, I got an answer from them, how I best could help them get what they wanted to get. And you learn the ego of a human too. You yes. learn how, how, okay, I want to treat this person that way. I learned to, to, to change my character way. based on their character. It's called personality style adaption. Sure. Um, I learned that. You learned that. that in the military too. Yes, I did. Yeah. Yeah, it was one of those key factors. And again, to get to know your audience, to get to know your people you're trying to serve. Um, but it, to answer your question, it, so it went from the military to Pfizer to, to medical hardware and then to advertising and now my own company. Right. And the challenge there is <laughs> two things drive me every day. Mm -hmm. Two things drive me every single day. The first, how can I maintain and take care of my current customers? The second, how do I grow new customers? Yeah. Those, those two thoughts, every single day. And how do you grow? You plant those seeds yes. all over the country. And you're absolutely. doing that. And you're absolutely doing absolutely. it. You are planting your seeds exactly all over doing. the country. And when we come back after the break, we're going to learn more about what Jeff, Carter, Jeff Cartwright is doing with his company uh, here locally in Denver uh, this weekend and globally and also nationally when we come back from the break. My name is Rob Scoggins. You're listening to The Topic of Conversation. We'll be back right after the break. Thanks. Hi, my name is Rob Scoggins. I'm the host of The Topic of Conversation. We are looking for great sponsors, and we hope it might be you. Get your advertisement heard during the show, on our podcast, and on our website, thetopicofconversation.com. I'm Rob Scoggins, your host. Thanks. Hey, everybody, and welcome back. I'm Rob Scoggins. You're listening to The Topic of Conversation. We're here every Wednesday night right here at the original Brooklyn's in downtown Denver, Colorado, 100 yards away from the world champions. Denver Broncos play. And don't forget, if you're ever in town, come down here on a Wednesday night and come down and see us uh, for, a live, for a live show. And you may learn something. We're also just a block away from light rail. We're two blocks away from the bus station. There's plenty of free parking and a lot, a lot of fun. Don't forget, if you have an event, a reunion, or a conference, or you want to do a, a meetup group or whatever, Original Brooklyn's will be there for you. They have an incredible patio during the spring, summer. They have a big, big bar room here on the main level. 
And upstairs, they have a private room if you want to use that one. They have very reasonable prices. Just ask for Di or Jimmy or any of the gang here. Come down in person and tell them that the Top of Your Conversation sent you, and they're going to set you up just real nice. So if you have something coming up, please get involved here at the original Brooklyn's 100 yards away from where the Broncos play here in Colfax in Denver, Colorado. We are here, and the Top of Your Conversation night is e-commerce. It's internet. It's learning about the internet. Don't be scared of it. And uh, we also have, and, uh, and, and we're learning about the history of Google and all this other cool stuff. But also don't forget, um, he is a maverick. We're going to find out what that means. We have the maverick. We have Jeff Cartwright here. He is going to tell us a little bit more about what he's doing uh, globally and locally and nationally. To you, what is a maverick? To me, a maverick is a person that believes that part of his, his or her DNA is, is, is not usual. His or her DNA is unique. His or her DNA is a little oddball. But, but fun. Just totally out of the ordinary. So I might be a maverick. You are a maverick. Okay. Out of the ordinary, not expected, um, unexpected, uh, fun. A little odd. Very odd. Okay. Got to be odd. Got to be. Um, but that's, to me, that's what a maverick is. Inapproachable. Do you think that means to me? Inapproachable. Because some, no, sometimes you, I, 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 I remember the movie, James Gardner, the movie. Yes, I remember. The maverick. Yes. And he's just standing, you know, he's always standing kind of alone and observing and Kind of, you know, he's looking, but he's also when he says something, it's poignant and important. Well, I think I think non-conventional is probably ties it all together. I okay. think for me, the company name Coaching Maverick, I wanted to be non-conventional because I am non-conventional. Yeah. Whenever I do a seminar or coaching, it's not what you expect. No. It's totally non-conventional. No, I've seen some of your stuff. So yeah. I think, <laughs> so I think non-conventional is what you make ties it fun me. too. You it do. has to be fun. It it's has not to the, be fun. The retention goes down. The audience attention span goes down. It doesn't. Fun has to be part of it. You really are a coach. Yes. Now there's, it's so, and, and, and you're, you're not the trend. You are the doing it. It's, it's very trendy to be a life coach these days and to be a coach and to, you know, hey, I've done that in my life. Maybe I can coach somebody who hasn't. You're out there. You're, you're a different type of coach. Well, I think I'm, I'm probably more of a you're, teacher slash mentor. Yeah, I like I that better. Coach. Yeah. I mean, I am a coach, but I'm also a teacher, mentor. I, I, I teach techniques. I teach skills. I mentor business owners. You care. Yes, I do. You really do. I mean, I get deeply engaged in their business. I don't just come in, give a seminar, and leave. I come in. And you're not even selling a book. No. Yet. I, I will. Well, you will, but, but I mean, not yet. I mean, you've no. been doing this for so long, you don't even have anything. Right. I, I come in, I, I do a three or four day seminar, maybe a week. But before I do that, I do a due diligence on the company. I come in and see the company a week before, getting a feel with their top salespeople get in the field with the longevity salespeople, talk to the production people. I talk to all of them before I get to the just what I'm going to teach. I think that teaching takes a different spin or a different meaning when I'm there first understanding the company and what drives the company and what drives the owner of the company, his or her vision of where, where they want the company to go. So I, I really mentor and align myself with that company owner to help him or her attain their vision. I'm telling you folks, if you're a business out there and you're trying to learn about, you know, Google and all this other stuff that, that drives your company, Jeff Cartwright really does care. I'm telling you, I've seen his stuff on the video. I've read about him. He does care. And he's not one of those guys who's going to come in, take your money and run. He actually spends time with you. He gets to know you. He cares about you. And he wants to get to know your business and what you're doing. So he, he does a remarkable, remarkable, remarkable job. Thank you. Brad. You, you have to, you have to think there are a lot of competition. You have a lot of competition. Absolutely. And the more the better. Yes. And you've been doing it a little bit longer than most. I mean, you, yes. you, you've, been, you've, you've had this coaching concept probably 10 years before most. 
Um, what makes you different than all those guys and gals? I think the difference, I think the difference is me. The difference is my experience. The difference is my background. The difference is how I approach the client, how I approach the content, how I approach the end result. What I do after the end result is, is reached. The difference, I think, is basically... Yeah, you actually do follow-up. Yes. <laughs> A lot of people don't. You know, I, I believe in totally involved. But the difference, I think, that I bring to the table is my experience, is my, my value system, my knowledge, my gravitas. I guess part of the, what I bring no one else has is, is me. Mm-hmm. I'm unique. We all, we all are. I think that I have a, 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 the ability. I'm born with the ability. I guess I've learned to take that uniqueness and make use of it and give it away to other people. And you said earlier about my sharing or my, my caring. I share and care. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do that just, I was bred by my grandmother and my mother to do that, to, to share all my knowledge, to give it away. I do that continuously. People call me to this day that I haven't been with 10 or 12 years. I got a call the other day from a friend of mine who wanted some advice, half hour on the phone. I hadn't talked to him in four years. But he wanted to talk to me, per se, about it. He was looking at eventually when to get into. We talked for half an hour. I saw, you know, my phone, the timer, you know, the sure. 32 minutes. <laughs> and, but that time was so valuable to him and to me. And all I did was listen. I took some notes. I listened. And I fed back to him what I, my thoughts were. And he said, thanks, JC. I mean, it was one of those moments. I said, you know what? You're welcome. <laughs> but that's my, I think what makes me different is that I listen. And I also care. And I know for a fact I can help. Whatever it is, I can help. And I, I give only what I have. And that's what makes me different. And you're such a complete package, talking about your life with, with, the, with the military and the advertising and, the, and the working for Pfizer and being a foot soldier for them and not being right. afraid to walk into a, a community you're not, you're not familiar with. All that ties into what you're doing now. It it's, does. It's awesome. It does, absolutely. It's awesome. You, you were talking about the internet. We were talking about being fun. It's fun. Right, and right. it's supposed to be fun. Being on the internet is supposed to be fun. It's not supposed to be scary. No. Um, there's things called hackers now. There's people, there's, there's scare tactics out there. You know, they'll send you an email, send me money or I'm going to destroy you. You know, how do you avoid that type of stuff? I mean, we, we put ourselves out there. I mean, anybody can find out our ethnicity. If they go on Facebook, they can find us about it. They, we're kind of an open book nowadays. There's not much privacy, but... Tell us a little bit, how do you stop that? I think I can't stop it. I think that we can't stop hackers, per se. What we can do is just be aware of who you talk to and the authenticity of their approach. I think that just takes, one at a time, individual awareness of the authenticity. You get a letter in the mail, it looks authentic, but you haven't seen the letterhead before, I wouldn't respond. If you get a phone call and, and your caller ID, it, it says no, no call or it says you don't know who it is, I wouldn't pick it up. I mean, I, it sounds horrible, but I get phone calls and if there's no caller ID, I don't know the person, yeah. I don't pick it up. Uh-huh. I mean, no, when you, you call it, no. But. Yeah, hey, how you doing? No, I can't. Yeah. But, but literally, I think that it takes a due diligence personally. Yeah. There is no way to avoid hackers, I don't think. But I think that each individual should just scrutinize all the things that they're exposed to every day. I tell my mom every day, mom, when you get something in the mail, open it up, read it. If it doesn't make sense to you, please call me or Throw it away. toss it away. Mm-hmm. She's followed my advice so far. And that's the same thing. That's why we treat it spam. That's what spam is. Just 
throw it away, right? <laughs> Just throw yes. the spam away. When, when, you think, when you think globally, right. and, and we all do, why does China, the 1.3 billion of them, and I'm not saying all of them, but why is China so afraid of the Googles of the world, the Facebooks of the world? You always hear China doesn't want it. China's blocking it. China can't do it. China doesn't want it. Why? I think China, my experience, I think China doesn't like invasiveness. China is, they want to be, and they are, biggest population in the world. Yep. In fact, Facebook is number three. As far as Facebook, Facebook, if Facebook were a country, China's one, India's two, Facebook is three, Yeah. by the way. No question. But I think that China has this, this, this part of their DNA, they want to be secretive, and they want to be the main person and not anybody get involved in. So I think they, they don't like the intrusion and the, this, that intrusion that Facebook or that Google or that anybody would do that they don't quite appreciate. YouTube? Yeah, anything. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I never understood why a country would block something for their young people. It just brings that's, them more globally. But that's part of what China's, but I think what drives China's need to do that is that they believe that they are the supreme race um, and they believe that the destiny within their realm of what they want to do is just up to them and they don't want any inclusion or any intrusion into that realm and they've been around for how many <laughs> centuries yeah. but I think that I think that the new China the people who are under 30 or so in China who migrate to the states and other places and they come back to China they're beginning to beginning to change this China dominating kind of thought process. And you're going to see a more global China become a member of the global society, I think. China, Russia, Germany, all in France, global society, the US. Uh, I, I really believe that's, that's going to happen based on the youth in China coming back from England, from the US, from France, to live in China, but changing gradually that part of their DNA to be less inclusive, less, less, less you know, bothered by outside forces. What more can the internet do? I mean, we're already to a point where I, you know, we feel like it does everything. There's nothing Google or the internet uh, or the information superhighway can't do. We've got digital now. We're watching, there's digital companies now, Amazon, Netflix, that are winning awards. Like, literally, they're winning Golden Globes. They're winning Emmys. Right. These are digital broadcasting right. companies. These aren't right. networks. These aren't what we considered network television. Right. But they're, but they're giving us news like Yahoo or they're giving us information right. like like um, like Amazon and they're giving our entertainment like Amazon. They're giving us um, uh, original programming like Netflix. What's next for the internet? What, what more can they do? I mean, what, what, what can we expect? What is your, what is your uh, you know, sense and guru-like uh, ability tell us? I think what we can expect is more of crazy, crazy innovation. Okay. More of communication being even a greater need than ever before, more intrusion into our lives, more of they're going to put a chip in, in the side of your clothing. Mm -hmm. When you walk by a department store, mm -hmm. your phone's going to ring. Yeah. There's a coupon on your phone okay. to take it out of the department store. Yeah, we'll be watching television. That's, and that show we're watching, right. hey, I like the suit or I like that hat right. that guy's wearing, the, I want right. it. Right, right. I think that there's more, again, communication is, is a foundation, but I think that there's the internet's going to offer us more ways to do things differently and maybe more efficiently and less effort on our part. Now, we have to then take this less effort and still not 
<laughs> become lazy, but still exercise. So, you know, mm-hmm. Sunday dinner with no, okay. We still have to do that, I think. But I think that I'm looking forward to the internet being more inclusive in my communication process, more involved in how I communicate with other business owners, with other humans, so to speak. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. So I think the, the innovation is just around the corner, obviously. The time now is to understand that it's not going to change, so just embrace it. I mean, literally, I, change is happening every day, and it makes no sense to me for anyone to say, well, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be a part of it. Well, wait a minute. It's going to happen anyway. You're already a part of it. Right. Yeah. So instead of casting aside, why not embrace it yeah. and learn from it? And you're, you're going to, if you're not growing, you're dying. So you're going to grow more by learning from it. I think that's the value of what's, what's to come in the internet. You love to read, don't you? I love, I read. <laughs> I mean, the information that yes. goes into your brain on a daily basis must be I read every immense. single day. I, I, I have, I love to read, yes. And you love information. Yes. You love to learn more new things every day. Every day. Tell us that story uh, that you shared with me before the show started about the number one company uh, in e-commerce. Oh my gosh. I I was watching an, an article in, in Fortune or Inc. 500 article. And Inc. Magazine. Or, or, yes, yeah. yes. Coming in the plane today. And the article had the top 500 companies, private companies, 500 of them. The number one company, a company called Loot Crate. I've never heard of them. Loot? Like, like, loot, like, like I'm getting your loot. Loot, loot, loot yeah. crate. Put it in a crate in term box. for money, yeah. Right, right. crate in a box. And the crate Stuff in, in a box. box. So loot. Loot crate. Crate, Okay. $116 million company, right. started in 2011, right. uh, great success story, 650,000 subscribers, wow, thousand subscribers, wow. global company, wow, just started. And I thought to myself, well, who is this, who is, who are they? What do they do? What are they? <laughs> I talked to my son, 21, gamer, senior at Penn State, Justin, do you know, sure dad, I know them. Oh, well, what do they do? Well, Dad, they send you stuff in the mail. You get the box a month. You pay 20 bucks or so. And in the box, there's little trinkets, of little gamer stuff, maybe a T-shirt, little things that you... Oh, well, did you buy it, son? No, Dad, I didn't buy it. Well, why not? Because I can junk already. <laughs> Thank you, son. Yeah. So, but you think about this concept, this model of mailing a box to a home yeah. every month to a gamer. And, For 20 bucks a month. And then they have on the internet a society that they swap chats about the box they just got. And the company puts on the internet different postings they make about the box they're mailing. And it's a society. And they've taken the gamer society and found a way to capitalize and monetize that society. How much is this company worth? $116 million. Why aren't we doing that? <laughs> what did I miss? I'm, I'm not a gamer. I can but, get, yeah, but I mean, it, I can mail keychains to you. Well, that, that's true. You may not want them, but I can do <laughs> It reminds me of that. Remember when we were kids and you do the penny? You pay a penny for 10 cassettes uh, yes, yes. or 10 albums. And they would send you an album every month. And they send you an album every yes, month and yes. you have to pay them $15. Yes. You're like, nah, I ain't doing that. But um, it's, it it's sounds very thing. similar, yeah. Same kind of thing. Yeah. But my point is that company, number one amongst all the companies so far this year, in private companies, and the idea they had, these two owners, young yeah. guys, obviously they're all young guys, yeah. but these two owners had this idea of shipping stuff. They were, in fact, the story, he didn't let, the parents didn't let him use the internet or didn't let him use a gaming um, until he was 14. Okay. So he went through life not being a gamer. Right. Then he wanted, he wanted to do it so badly. I mean, he said, when he turned 14, okay, you, you can now use the internet, you can now use your do gaming whatever you system. Want. Sure. He got on the system, he got crazed with it. 
decided the company, 2011, amazing story, Loot Crate. Dot com. Yes. Unbelievable. Unbelievable story. Number one. Is there anything the internet can't can't take now? I mean, can we just is there can we can we do another is is there room for another loot crate? Is there room for another Pokemon Go? I mean, is there room for stuff like that? Absolutely. Yeah. I think that this is we scratched the surface. I I, I believe this it. We have only scratched the surface mm-hmm. of what there is that we can potentially do with this thing called the internet. Yeah. We we just scratched it. We were like elementary school. We're like in kindergarten. <laughs> it used to be something the military and spies used only. Right. Well, they still use it. Sure. But it's something now that's publicly everybody. everybody. Uses. It's ubiquitous. So I think that the fact that it's so easy, as I said earlier, to get into. But again, my point is the foundation of the internet, the ability to communicate, you know, a village, the ability to communicate with people you want to know even more than you do now. And that's, I think, the benefit. I think that as far as where it's going to go, I have no idea. But I think it's going to expand exponentially over the next three or four years. And then even then, next three or four years beyond that, I think. I'm telling you, folks, if you're a business and you're a small business owner or a big business owner or just someone who wants to start a business, uh, Jeff Cartwright can definitely help you. So, Jeff, how can people find you? How can people you know, get in touch with you if they want to? TheCoachingMaverick.com. CoachingMaverick.com. TheCoachingMaverick.com. Or <laughs> just call me. Yeah. Google you. <laughs> Google me. But the thank you for that, that promo. But it's, it's more my trip here is about my chamber, my, my chamber Colorado as well as uh, my business resource center. And those two entities were starting this change in the model of what a chamber of commerce does for business owners. And we're trying to focus in on a customized version, a customized offering for any business owner who wants to grow their business, lessen their outlay or lessen their uh, cost and realize their vision. And we're gonna do this by virtue of training, by virtue of offering seminars and different quarterly opportunities them to grow their business. And we want to thank Bob uh, from the chamber Bob, exactly. who, who, is, who has put this all together for you to be on the show. Yes. We want to thank him so much. He's been a very loyal listener and a very loyal uh, a helper for the show. And we Absolutely. thank him so much for, for everything he's done for us and bringing you to us. Thank you. Um, you're on Facebook, yes? Yes. You're on everywhere. You're, you're Twitter. You're, Twitter. Yes. You're on Twitter. Dr. JSC. <laughs> <laughs> do you tweet? Of course I tweet. Yes? Yes. Do you say, what do you say? I mean, how many, do you have a lot of followers? You, you... I have 450. Yeah, that's not plenty. many. It's not no, very that's, many. No, but... oh, that's plenty. Yeah, okay. More than I've got. I got three. <laughs> you did not my mom, people. my dog, and my son. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I love Twitter. It's instant. It's, yeah, it is. It, it's really, a, yeah. I, I love using it. it it's, sure. You go on, you, you check who's doing what. It, it's a very good meeting. And you're here for the first business expo over at uh, Colorado Christian University. Yes. Yes. I'm sure there'll be a second one. So Absolutely. Uh, definitely go on the internet, everybody, and check out uh, the business expo here at uh, Colorado Christian University. And no association to, to, of the two, it's just where they're, held, where they're holding it and found a place. Uh, but a wonderful, wonderful event, and it, there are still tickets available. Still get on it if you want to. It's this weekend, and we'll probably be uh, hopefully every late su- every late part of the summer. My here Chamber, in Colorado. Colorado. My Chamber, Colorado. Um, are you ready for Rob's fast five questions? Absolutely. All right, here we go. How many cowboy hats do you own? I mean, folks, if you're not here live uh, with Jeff Cartwright, he's a maverick, and even on his business card, he has a he has a cowboy hat. It's his it's his trademark. It's his it's his mo you know mode of operatus mo. Um, he wears a cowboy hat. Um, how many do you have? Do you think I have nine cowboy hats? Yeah, all Stetsons. Have you? Oh wow, look at you. Got to be Stetson. Do you wear Stetson cologne? No. No. Just cowboy hats. All right, well, 
Maybe there's maybe there's a sponsorship right there. Have you ever rid? Have you ever rid? That doesn't make any sense. Have you ever ridden a Bronco or or, of or I have. you have of John I have. Elway? That Bronco? <laughs> no, no. And I'm sorry. No, wrong Bronco. <laughs> no. Um, what have you really? I love horses. Yes. Do you? Yes. Oh my god. Of course. Have you have you ever been bucked off? Uh, no. No. But I have ridden horses. Yes, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm I'm a rider. Yeah, I, I do ride. I've I've also had cowboy boots at home too. Do you really? Yes. Do you um, Tony Lama? Is it paints or Appaloosa or do you stallion? I, You're a stallion guy. Here. Well, obviously stallion. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I wouldn't. You've well, got you've white got, stallions. You've got stock in Pfizer. I would, that would seem you could have a stallion. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, but you know, really? Yes. That's awesome. I love horseback riding. Yeah. Their poop smells like the circus to me. Uh, it, it, well, it's yeah. part of the image for me, but it's also yeah. it, it's a pleasure to get out in the open. You know, I, I walk yeah. every day in the park near my home, okay. and in that park, there's horses. There's a little horse farm there, and I, I, I just love being there. So, it's what's part the, of the funniest image. horse name you've ever heard? Horse name? Yeah. Um, Alfonso. Really? Yeah. Alfonso. Yes. What type of police officer in, in Philadelphia has a horse named Alfonso? What type <laughs> it was, of horse is it? It's, it's a, a um, it's a mare. Like it's mare. a seven or six six hand. Yeah. I think it's it's a just just a black mare. Alfonso. Funniest one I've ever heard is you soon to be glue. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's horrible. I know. Oh my god. Not bad. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at least horrible. you know the future, right? <laughs> <laughs> what's your What's your favorite meal? Favorite meal? Yeah, that you love to cook. You mentioned that. I love to what's cook. Your, you can either go, what's your favorite meal? What's your favorite meal to, to cook and eat? You know, what's your favorite meal to cook and eat? Steak. Come on. Yeah, Stop being I such know. a maverick. Well, it is. It's my favorite meal to cook and eat. <laughs> really? Steak is so easy to mess up. Yeah. But I do it so nicely. The tidbits here um, at I, Original Brooklyn. I, 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 I do it so nicely. Okay. It's just amazing. You got to have the right cut of meat. What kind of meat do you get? New York Strip. Well, of course. Once again. New York Strip. No, no, nothing. It wouldn't. No, of course. New York Strip. Um, I get boneless. Yeah. New York Strip. And I put olive oil, both sides, oh. extra virgin olive oil, <sighs> on the grill, salt yeah. and pepper yeah. on the grill. I'm a big guy. You're making me hungry. Comes off the grill. Yeah. Right for it's done. Medium rare. And what are the trimmings? The, the trim. Oh, I'm yeah, sorry, you're not done. Oh, on, on, on top of the, when, when it's resting, I rest for 10 minutes. Uh-huh. While it's resting, a pad of butter. Wait, the, the steak is resting from being cooked? No, after I cook oh, it, oh, it's no. bread. <laughs> after I cook it, it rests. <laughs> okay. You don't cut it. Okay, right okay I get it. Okay, right. so off the grill, uh-huh. pad of butter, right. oh. wait 10 minutes, oh. and then you enjoy. Now, I also have sweet onions that I saute mm-hmm. with the side. And I'm, with that, I also have carrots. Okay. I love carrots and broccoli. Mm. And then maybe a small little big potato. Nice. That's my ideal meal. Nice. Do you do, do, you do a honey glaze on your carrots? I've got to have some Cabernet too. Oh, of course. got to have some wine. Yeah. Nice Cabernet. No, it sounds awesome. Awesome. Great meal. Um, make, me the perfect, make me the perfect Philly steak and cheese <laughs> and tell me how to order it. Because that's where you're from. That's your homie. That's your hometown. The, the perfect Philly steak is by a place... Well, there's, you buy them three places. Okay. Because you don't want to have salt Gino's, in any of them. Gino's, Pat's, or Tony Luke's. Tino's? Gino. Gino's. Gino's, Pat's, Pat's, or Tony Luke. Okay. My preferred place. It sounds like the mafia. I know. Well, it is. But <laughs> <laughs> that's Philly. My, my, my preferred place is Tony Luke. Okay. Okay. So you have to order it right. You have to say wit or without. Wit, wit or without. Wit, W-I-T, wit or without. Wit or without. Right. When you go uh-huh. to the counter, they'll say to you, wit or without. Uh-huh. And, and, and you can't say, uh, what? Because then you're a foreigner. Exactly. You ain't from there. So you have to say wit. Wit. And wit means you want the cheese on, on the sandwich. And then they say wit. Now, how you prepare the sandwich, 
very thinly sliced sirloin, very thin, paper-thin sliced sirloin. Like a steakum. Not steak. <laughs> it's a sirloin. I know. Thinly I'm sliced. I'm and it's on the, 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 the grill, yeah. right? And it cooks quickly, like really quick, mm-hmm. off to the side. Then you take the onions, sauteed onions on the grill, off to the side. The Amoroso roll. Must be Amoroso. Right. That's a baking company. Amoroso. Amoroso. Only Amoroso. in Philly. Only in Philly. Okay. Amoroso. I, I made the sandwich in Oklahoma City. I had to ship the rolls in. Really? I shipped the rolls to Philadelphia. And, oh, Why not? Unbelievable. So you have the Amoroso roll. On the horseback of a stallion. Yes. Yeah. So you toast the roll on the side. Then you add the butter. Or I'm, I'm sorry. Then you add the, the cheese. Okay. And you get the choice of cheese. And what do you use? I use either provolone yeah. or American okay. or a combination of those two. Sounds good to me. And Asiago. Oh. I love Asiago cheese. Mm. So I melt the Asiago and some provolone on the side on top of the cheesesteak, on the toasted Amoroso bun, mm. and sauteed onions, and a little ketchup. That's it. That's it. Perfect sandwich. I love ketchup, too. Perfect. I love ketchup on that. Perfect sandwich. And $8, $9? Nah, about 12 bucks. Wow. Well, it better be good. It's a meal. It's it is a meal. It's a huge Definitely meal. Definitely a meal. They make them big. Yes. yes. It's Philly. Where does Jeff Cartwright find his bliss? Where do you find your happiness? Every morning, Tyler State Park... No headphones, no iPhone, me and nature. Three and a half mile walk. That's my bliss. If you could be someone in history, who would you be? If I could be someone in history? If you could be someone in history, you know, good or bad, um, who would you be? MLK Jr. Martin Luther King. Yeah. JR. Martin Luther King Jr. Because of his passiveness or just because of his caring? Well. I think because of what he did and what he's, his legacy left behind and the inspiration he gives me and everyone else. And I think because he's just extraordinary. He was, life was cut short, obviously, but in the life he had, what he did in the time he had was amazing, I think. I mean, amazing. The short time he had, what he did, I, mean, I would love to do that. That would be an, an, an ideal and incredible experience, I think. Well, I'm telling you, I can't thank you enough for being here. Uh, what you do for businesses and companies and your family and what you're going to do at the Expo over at Denver, you're going to change some thank lives. You. And thank I you, can't Robert. thank you enough for being here. It's been thank an honor. Thank you very much. Okay? Appreciate thank it. Thank you. Everybody, that's the show. And I just want to remind you to please listen, laugh, and talk as much as you can through life. Wake up every day with a purpose to do good things, just like Jeff Cartwright does. And you never know. We may call you. We may find you. And we may ask you to be right down here at the original Brooklyn's to be our topic of conversation. My name is Rob Scoggins. I'm your host. Thanks for listening. Have a great day and good night.
taxi ride Put my pieces back together Tell me we will live forever Let me try another life Lose me on a taxi ride 